Welcome to the Jackie and Stacy Show, and I'm Stacy's son Clark, and here to tell you about it. There are two women wrestling with things of this broken and beautiful life. Each week, they will tackle a topic in a transparent, sometimes distracted, but always fun way that hopefully encourages and challenges you. They will break down each topic by looking at it through four lenses, ourselves, God, our people, and our community. They will then they will then give you a task to go forth with. Vaya con Dios. Welcome to the Jackie and Stacy show. I'm Jackie. And, and I'm Stacy. We are thrilled to be here with you to talk some more about the topic of generosity. We have been looking at generosity for through our four lenses, and we've talked about generosity, how it impacts us as individuals, what it looks like um, when we're generous. We've talked about faith and generosity and how those two things fit together, um, how faith informs our closest, I mean, our <laughs> how faith informs our generosity and vice versa. And we've talked about our closest relationships and our community. We've talked about generous assumptions, which was a conversation I really enjoyed. And today we have an interview. So I'm going to let Stacy take it from here. Woo! I'm super excited because I'm kind of a Woo-hoo. fan girl. <laughs> I told her. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> I this I would like to introduce Victoria Yay. Calvin, and um, I mean I'm not a stalker, sort of. but I did <laughs> meet her. She has no idea who I am, and I found her on YouTube. She is a wow booker. Okay, I say this to people. <laughs> I go, there's a famous niche person everywhere, and she runs um, some online scrapbooking content through her very own company called Victoria Marie Designs. And I found her on YouTube years ago. And since then, this was before she quit her job, stayed home and ran her own scrapbooking company virtually. She creates classes, she creates products, she shares all kinds of information and we'll find out more about her. But she, yeah, and this is super exciting, you guys, because this is our first time we have interviewed somebody not, and not in, in California, our, like, circle, which is right? where we are. <laughs> Someone famous. It's our first famous interview. <laughs> it's our famous inter- first famous interview. Uh, and <laughs> Victoria lives in Fort Worth, Texas, with her spouse, her daughter, and her mother. And you know, thank you for joining us, well, Victoria. We are <laughs> thank so you for having me. That was quite an, a generous. <laughs> introduction oh yay there you go <laughs> i appreciate it That's thank you so awesome. much well also victoria uh, i feel like one of the things that first connected stacy and i was scrapbooking mm-hmm. so oh awesome yeah so we have that connection and and now we're in the presence of scrapbook royalty so this is really oh goodness <laughs> I think I'll change my tagline to scrapbook royalty yeah, absolutely. now. Queen <laughs> of scrapbooking as, as um, coined by Jackie and Stacey. <laughs> there you go. That's it's right. official. I love it. That's funny. <laughs> funny. So, yeah, I mean, I really put it down, too. So. I was trying to I seem love cool. It. <laughs> well, Victoria, tell us 
um, a little bit more. I mean, Stace really did introduce you well, but um, why sure. are you passionate about scrapbooking? I'd just love to hear a little bit about, you know, how you went from like, obviously, I'm guessing you were a personal scrapbooker. You you did that mm-hmm. as a hobby and then it, it grew into this company. So can you tell us a little bit about how that how that unfolded? How that all yeah, happened? Yeah, So I've been scrapbooking on and off. Really, I guess it's been more, I like to say 15 years because I don't know exactly it's been longer than that, I know for sure. Yeah. But I kind of delve into scrapbooking very informally as a kid. And I always liked the idea of taking photos and putting a little caption. And this was long before I knew that it was like a thing, right? So I would, you know, I created this little binder that my mom had had um, brought home from work. She Work. She was a federal government employee and would always bring home supplies because that's it. what they do. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're a fed, if you're a kid of a federal or state employee or military kid, then you have you get uh, supplies yeah. from them. So, <laughs> totally. so she would bring home this binder or extra materials, or whatever. And one day, I decided to cover it with the pages from the Sunday paper, the the store, the uh, comic strips from the Sunday paper, and that was going to be my album for all my awards and school pictures and stuff. And I still have it oh, to this day. I love it. And it still has that original Funnies comic on the cover. And it's in a box somewhere. I need to pull it out. But anyway, that's kind of where I started. And then it flash forward many, many years. I'm married and I have my first kiddo. And I had dibbled and dabbled in scrapbooking on and off. But there was never really many finished projects. I just kind of liked playing with supplies. All I knew was, you know, the stickers and stuff in Michael's or Hobby Lobby or whatever. I didn't know that people were doing this stuff on YouTube. I wasn't aware that there were magazines or whatnot. I just kind of saw some stuff at my craft and hobby store and thought, you know what? I think I'm going to make this a thing. And so... um, after we had our kiddo our one and only I decided you know what I think I want to start documenting a little bit more formally um, our story and not just because I had a kid but also was married and there's some other stories that I want to tell as far as going back and telling my story about finishing college and um, and high school stuff and just family stuff in general and I sort of became the unofficial ambassador for the family stories um, in a way that, you know, hey, we should probably keep track of this. Hey, Vic, why don't you, you know, why don't you do it? <laughs> That's kind of how that happens. Yeah. And so I just started, like many people, buying scrapbooking supplies from a brick and mortar store mm-hmm. and just sitting down on a Saturday afternoon and slapping some stickers, tons of them on my pages and <laughs> writing some journaling. <laughs> and that's kind of how it got started. Then I discovered, which sometimes I say now to people, particularly the Victoria Marie community, um, that I discovered magazines, which was great, but my world imploded when I discovered people were doing this on YouTube. I just happened to pull up YouTube one day and was like, I wonder if people are doing videos about scrapbooking. And so sure enough, people no, were doing videos about scrapbooking yeah. and my life changed. Wow. <laughs> my little scrappy world <laughs> had just imploded. I had no idea people were doing this. And then from there, I learned that people, there were scrapbook retreats. And I mean, just all these things that I didn't know about. I started learning about different techniques, watching YouTube videos and reading the magazines. I start buying books on scrapbooking and memory keeping. I've always been interested in, 
uh, genealogy. And I think that plays a good role in scrapbooking in a lot of ways. I've always been interested in the fact that people um, preserve their stories. So anytime if I was at a museum or something like that, and there was an area or a space or an artifact there where people wrote in journals or had a scrapbook in some way, I'm definitely always interested in that. But I've always been really um, invested in the idea that there needs to be something physical, tangible, that preserves the story of who we are and our history and where we came from. And I know for some people that doesn't matter. I you know, have people, a lot, a lot of people might orbit that they don't care what their family history is. You know, those people are long gone or whatever, right. or they don't care to preserve their story. But I find that it informs us in so many ways as we live out our life to know where we came from, to understand the people who came before us, to understand what life was like. And um, on a personal level, to be able to document our story and say, I was here, I am here, this is my life, and I'm going to put it in this format and let it be a legacy of, of who I am. And so I sort of transitioned from, oh, this is just fun. I'm just putting all the stickers on a page and right. <laughs> some journaling until, and then of course I started my own family and whatnot. And I thought, you know what? I really want to make this a journey of telling my story. And I've never shied away from that and all the different changes that have happened throughout my life that that story I feel is important first for me to be able to go back and look on, but also for my daughter, it's stuff that I wish that I had. My family didn't do a good job at preserving certain memories. And I just have so many questions about my family history. There's a void in my family history because I don't know my father very well. He's, he and I have been estranged for many years. So I don't know his side of the family. I just recently found out I have some Afro-Caribbean roots and I didn't know that. Wow. And so I'm interested in all those things, but I want to be able to document it in some way and maybe one day I will but it just really underscores to me the importance of of leaving that record that rich history behind as a testament of who we are our experiences our feelings and that type of thing so I became super invested in that so the hobby then became a business I was work <laughs> this is for like 2016 maybe 2015 I had been hee-hawing about starting my own business for many, many years. And I was an HR professional at one point in my career. And I thought at that time I was going to be a consultant. Then I got laid off from that job, went to graduate school, and then went into the nonprofit world. And I worked in child welfare. That was the last job that I had for a agency called CASA, Court Appointed Special Advocates, yeah. where we advocate for kids yeah, in foster yeah. care. And mm -hmm. I was a training coordinator and casework supervisor. It's some of the most rewarding and the hardest work I've ever done in my professional career. Wow. Um, and I still think about the kids on my caseload every day. Wow. Uh, and so I was at a point in my career where I probably could have stayed, but I also had started engaging in the scrapbooking industry a lot more. I had started a YouTube channel about six years ago. Um, I had started engaging online. I started the Victoria Marie Facebook group and I did it because I wanted to be a part of the community on a little bit of a larger scale. I wanted to share. I have a training background. I've also taught as an adjunct at university level. And so I thought, why don't I parlay this skill that I have for teaching or whatnot and training and see what I can do with it in scrapbooking. And so it started out kind of as like a side hobby that wasn't right. monetized at the time morphed into something bigger. And so I kept telling myself, you know, I really, really want to um, 
own a business and this is my vision and of course was very supported in that but I hee-hawed about it because I'm very risk averse I don't sometimes <laughs> I don't like to take I'm like mm-hmm. you know we need this money and I need this job and it's stable and blah 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 and I put every excuse and then finally I had a friend tell me look or not a friend my mother who had worked for the federal government for over 30 years and she's retired it was not a career that she enjoyed and mm. she took jobs because she supported she was a single mom supporting me and my brother and she says Vic if you have an opportunity to do something that you love and you're being supported and you don't have to worry about all the other things that people would typically have to worry about if they're thinking about quitting their job, do it. Don't be like me and spend 30 something years of your life doing something you don't want to do because you can always go find, as she says, and I quote, a poop butt job. You may never get the opportunity to do this again. So Towards the uh, beginning of 2016, I had start having um, some issues on my job relative to uh, feeling like I wasn't going anywhere, feeling like my ideas weren't being heard. And I got a little burnt out with that. And I told myself I could either make a change or I'm going to get myself fired because I had just lost all energy for, which is sad to say, not energy for the kids that we served or the volunteers I was training, but um I just knew it was that time, you know, when you know that when it's time to do something, you just kind of jump and yeah. do it, right? Like this, I need to do this. And I start working with a friend who's a life coach who had just started her business at the time and as a life coach, and she helped me sort of uh, make that transition a little bit. And um, full steam ahead with my spouse, super supportive, like finally just do this and like stop talking about it and just do it. <laughs> And so I quit, I put in my two weeks notice um, in the middle of May of 2016. And I founded Victoria Marie Designs June 1 and premiered with my first online class, Scrapbook Like a Boss um, class. And the rest is history. And since that time, the Victoria Marie YouTube channel has grown. I've produced about nine or 10 classes so far. Um, I host retreats annually. Um, well, not this year. We had to reschedule for obvious reasons, right. <laughs> but um, host retreats and I majority of my business is online engaging with online. I have a membership platform through Patreon now, which is growing. And the idea for me, the crux of my business is to offer um, creative education in a way, in a format that's easily consumable. And so people leave feeling like they can actually do the technique right and it's not over their head right. um and to engage with my audience that's the biggest piece of it that customer service piece is the biggest thing people are looking to connect and that's been at the crux of victoria marie design since its inception so that's how i got to where i'm at wow well happy almost for your anniversary thank you thank you very much <laughs> <That's great. laughs> oh yeah gosh by the time our listeners hear this we'll be uh there, you a yes yes we love cupcakes <laughs> <laughs> That is so awesome. I am always just in so much awe of the, I don't the gumption. Is, sure. is that the right word? Yeah, I love you know, say gumption, like, right? Yeah, gumption works for me. I love that you say you're risk averse, but I don't think <laughs> I really, in the scheme of things, I don't think that's really true. But I hear what you're saying. Yeah. It took yeah. you some time to get to that place where you're ready to take the risk. And Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So thank you for sharing yes. all that with us. And we are going to 
go a little more fully into our topic on generosity, yeah. which is our, at least we think that's our topic this month. We're <laughs> forgetting. <laughs> we, <laughs> we just celebrated our anniversary really also because yeah. we've awesome. been, we've been podcasting for maybe a year and a half, but we didn't start publishing until May of 2019. Hmm. So anyway, so this is, I don't know how many topics we've covered, but yeah. uh, yep. a few. <laughs> <laughs> more than a few. Anyway, so generosity, we, I mean, I'm, I was hearing you tell this whole story and I was connecting <laughs> it in so many ways through all of these lenses that we discuss, which is, you know, going out in, which is community, mm-hmm. right? Your significant others, your family, your close family that's, um, really encouraging you mm-hmm. here and being generous if I'll drop our topic sure. in there. Um, so we'll start though at the begin at inside. Mm-hmm. And really what I want to know is um, how hard was it for you to receive the generosity of people? Um, you know, we think about generosity, we think about giving, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Um, would you say that this is like a strong suit for you, the giving portion? of generosity or do you think the receiving portion like do you feel or do you feel like there's a balance there just for yourself personally I think um I'm definitely more of a giver than I am a receiver and I like to pour myself 100% into individuals who I love and um I, I think I'm just I believe in humanity very strongly um, being a giver of, uh, in that sense to um, not so much people that, well, including people that I know personally, but I find myself um, particularly in this business where people, when they see you um, on social media and they may relate to your content and um, they let you know how gracious they are um, or thankful that they are mm-hmm. to be able to consume your content because it's helped them in some way that when I receive those comments sometimes is while I'm grateful for it. Um, I don't know how to explain it. Um, it doesn't make me feel uncomfortable in a sense, but I can see where they're coming from. I think it's just really hard for me sometimes to realize that while I'm pouring everything that I have into what I'm giving into the world, that it's making an impact in some way. Like, I'm not saying I'm Gandhi or anything, but <laughs> or Mother Teresa. <laughs> but what I've learned over the past six years of being engaged, particularly in the scrapbooking community at the level that, I've, that I'm at, um, and I certainly have a long ways to go, I have had people come into my orbit that have been impacted by myself or other creators who have shared so generously um, in the community. Um, but I think just in general, I give a lot and I do so because I, I believe in humanity. I believe that it's my personal calling to be able to give in any way that I possibly can. It also has dictated the type of careers I've, I have, you know, yeah. in HR. I was, you know, mm-hmm. nonprofit world and child welfare. That was the hardest because you have to have limits on, on that when right. you're dealing with children in foster care and you're dealing with their parents and whatnot. I think that's where it was most pronounced for me in, in terms of boundaries. I do think, however, that um, in certain contexts, there, there does need to be uh, some, some limits or some or boundaries to that. You can give too much of yourself, but then you can also receive too much. You receive too much and you come off as a selfish person, right? Mm, um, wow. But you receive something graciously and, and, 
and have to I have to constantly tell myself that someone is sending me this DM and pouring their heart out and saying how much they've impact I've impacted them through whatever whether it's content or action and it's not I don't think fair if I just say oh you know that's no problem whatever I try to address it by saying thank you so much that really touched my heart and it really underscores why I do what I do and I'm so thankful that you've taken so much from this even though for me it's unbelievable that people are impacted by what I do I think it underscores that people are impacted by your actions but at the same time I'm not fishing for people to just pour their heart out and be like oh my god Victoria just the greatest thing since peanut butter you know that's not (laughs) (laughs) that's not it at all um and then on the on the other side of that making sure that I that I'm giving but I'm also not giving of everything where I lose myself in that process or feeding into, because sometimes you give to people and they take, 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 you know, so you don't want to fall into that trap either. Um, I do feel, however, that it's such a layered, a layered concept too. Um, And I think for a lot of us, it's hard to find that balance. Um, I think where it was most pronounced for me is when I did work in child welfare, there had to be a limit to that. Legally, there has to be. And, you know, morally, there has to be. I had to understand what my role was in the relationship between the child that the agency was advocating for and their parent or the other individuals that are involved. I And I trained volunteers where that was an issue of giving too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and that could be detrimental but and not helpful to to that child and what we were trying to accomplish. So I would say overall, for me, I try to strike a balance, but I'm definitely lean. I skew more on the giving than mm-hmm, receiving mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I think you touched on a concept that I, I think is really important to remember is that generosity at a certain point crosses over into unhealthy boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's Absolutely. It. It's really important that we not cross that line. And, and it, different depending on your context and the, the right yeah whether we're talking personally yeah, or professionally uh, some people are really good at knowing those differences and, and some are not <laughs> I think mm, yeah I think, but yeah. you also touched on another theme that came up when we were talking about this which is the idea that often we people in general um, but even maybe more specifically women but maybe not are mm-hmm. we are mm-hmm. wired to be more generous than we are to receive generosity it can be really challenging yeah. to be the receiver on the receiving end of generosity whether it's emotional generosity or relational generosity or, mm-hmm. you know stuff generosity that's challenging sure <laughs> sure and i think it's a lot a lot of that is social uh-huh, construct absolutely. when we look at it from a a human development standpoint here I'm, I'm a, H- a human development nerd so here Good. i go a social construct is that we you know so much of society tells us to we're supposed to give and yes. give of ourselves and and you know and whatnot and it's like okay well just because i'm female <laughs> doesn't mean that i have to just sacrifice yes. my entire being for the world or my family or my community i have mm. needs and wants as well and uh, you know I need society to like kind of you know hang back a little bit let me be who I am (laughs) absolutely that's good I love it that's good okay so um our next lens that we look through our topic is faith so would you Mm -hmm. say since you are you know a giver by nature I mean it could be a gender thing but it could be Mm -hmm. a faith-based thing do you feel like 
if you grew up with any kind of faith, which I did not mm-hmm. really, mm-hmm. um, do you feel like that informed you or do you think this is something you developed on your own or as you went through life? So I guess the question really is just how has faith impacted your heart for generously giving mm-hmm. um, or has it do so many or yeah, has maybe it, it has it. Not that's really okay too, but yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. I've always been under the, as I matured, I would say, honestly, and I'm sure your listeners, some of your listeners may, this may resonate with them. I'm yeah. at a crossroads with my faith currently where I'm at right now as an almost 40 year old woman. Mm. Um, but I would say in the past and even maybe up until recently, um, I have never been of the idea that I have to have some affirming faith um, in order to feel that I need to, or let me repeat that. I don't feel that my faith has to inform my generosity. I feel Mm -hmm. that just being a human being walking this planet and understanding, at least for me, from a spiritual aspect that you and the guy down the street and my neighbor or whatever, we're all connected. Yeah. I really strongly feel that from a spiritual level mm-hmm. that I'm going to be generous anyway, despite what faith I may or may not have. Right. I, I feel that just as a human core value right. for me. What I do think, however, is that regardless of what faith or faith tradition you follow, that that can be an instrument to inform us, but it doesn't have to be the requirement for us to be generous Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. Yeah. in whatever way. I mean, in and, some ways I feel like in def- certainly some major faith things, but even my own faith mm-hmm. tradition sometimes puts that on me. Like we were saying that the, mm-hmm. the world kind of puts on like the women that are do the giving or the, or whomever, like you better mm-hmm. just be totally self-sacrificial and we might take sure. it wrong. Or sure. maybe like maybe that's not really what the you know, the spiritual tradition is telling you. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes I feel like it can maybe negatively oh, yeah. um how do you feel about Absolutely. that? I think that um Again, it's, it goes back to that social context of, you know, wow. uh, it doesn't have to be skewed so much towards the female gender. <laughs> For I mean, If you are a human being, yeah. be a generous, kind individual, yeah. rather if you're male or female. I think, unfortunately, for women, we bear the brunt of that. And we have had since the dawn of time. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that we have in different parts of our of our life course throughout history uh, women have rebelled against that idea some women have rebelled against that idea I think it's dangerous when a woman feels like she doesn't have an option Mm -hmm. that she has to try to be the martyr that she has to try to be this strong person who sacrifices and doesn't take anything for herself and then if that's reinforced by a partner or reinforced by society or whatnot it makes it exacerbates that idea tenfold Um, and I definitely know people personally who who kind of lean towards that idea and the very thought of saying you know what you can put yourself first in certain situations you can address your own needs particularly my mom friends who feel like have to sacrifice everything for their kid Mm -hmm. um that's a whole other thing that's a whole nother podcast um but i (laughs) i I had a friend gawk one time when i said you know what um you need to put your yourself first then your spouse and your child because if you're not taking care of yourself 
you can't take care of your spouse and if you can't take you know take care of your spouse you can't take care right. of your kids yeah. and you know some people some people may say well you know you put god first or you know whatever your whatever that is mm-hmm. for that individual and their faith traditions or religious um preference but the idea being that you know you can't draw from an empty well and while yes you can be a giver you also can be a receiver and there's nothing wrong with that whether you're you know giving something to yourself or someone's giving something to you you can receive that and without guilt well not Mm. not only without guilt but i think leaning into being a receiver really makes the whole thing work better ultimately anyways Mm -hmm. because it goes back to that idea that if we're not willing to receive generosity from the people around us um, Mm -hmm. then it's it's tough to be able to be generous so i it is absolutely super important and i think that idea of putting ourselves making ourselves a priority maybe a more comfortable way to say that right is really really important being generous to ourselves you know mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. we can be generous to the people around us that's good absolutely that's good. absolutely because what do you give when you don't have anything to yes. give <laughs> you know and we've all been there right at the yeah. end oh absolutely where we have nothing left <laughs> <laughs> absolutely and i tell absolutely. my kids all the time you know what no one's ever gonna care about i love you a lot but no one's ever gonna mm-hmm. care about your stuff as much as you do. <laughs> it's just that's so true. <laughs> not me, so true. not your future spouse. Doesn't matter. No one's gonna care yeah. as much as you do. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So Victoria, Sorry. what what things in what ways are you generous to yourself? Or what ways do you feel like these are the things that I love and this is what I love to do? <laughs> you know, it's funny that you asked. I was just having a conversation with one of my good friends, and we've been talking about how we feel we're changing as we're starting to get older and um not like 40 is i'm knocking on 40 store next year it's not like that's old but i've i've had a noticeable shift in paradigm between age 35 and almost 40 and one of the things that i told myself is i am going to pour into myself a lot more than what i used to in my 20s it was easy because i didn't have i wasn't married well, I was married late 20s, but early 20s coming out of college, whatever, I was doing my thing, career girl. I was, you know, the manicures and the pedicures and the trips with friends and all that. I spent a lot of money on myself and um, and my interest and, you know, whatever. And, and that was important because it was all a part of pouring into me and being generous and whatnot. And then I get married and have a kid. And um, a lot of what I used to pour into myself, I then poured into my spouse and my daughter. I am a caregiver to my mother who lives with us. And so a lot of that energy is poured into her. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then finally, I, as of the past couple of years, I'm like, you know what? I need to start pouring into myself a lot more. So I, um, you know, I take my hot baths on Sundays and I try to exercise and I, um, I would love to go get my nails in, done right now, but I'm not doing that again, risk averse. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not doing that. Even with the mask on in this, at the time, of course, this podcast is recording during a pandemic. Um, so I'll just do my nails do at home. Do you have nail salons I... open where you are right now? Oh, yes, oh, we do. Oh, wow. We do not. <laughs> we do. Yet, so. <laughs> yeah, okay. we do. Um, and then, you know, I love you know, music and I love the performing arts and I love to read. I read every day, a scrapbooking, of course, <laughs> and, you know, hang out with my buddies. And um, I told myself I would lean into all the things that I feel pour into me, um, spending time with my spouse. We don't have as much opportunities to do that 
uh, just by ourselves. But whenever we do, it's fantastic, even if it's just us talking at night without a kid in our bed. Um, (laughs) I'm a lifelong learner because I always like learning things and tinkering around and, you know, trying new stuff. Sometimes it's just sitting with a cup of coffee and just, you know, breathing a little bit. So any (laughs) moment that I can take to sort of pour into myself, I do. And I do so um, in a way where there's no guilt or feeling like I have to hurry up and rush. I'm supported very well by a spouse who loves me and encourages me to do so to pour into myself um so I feel very lucky um and surrounded by people who also feel the same and we encourage each other to you know take some time and relax and light a candle and do all those things um and it's become more important um in recent months but Mm, definitely as a part of just me shifting how I live as I'm getting older it's become even more more important there's a lot of things I don't do anymore I don't multitask you know that you know, you go for a job interview and they're like, you know, Dillis, are you a multitasker? No, I'm not a multitasker. <laughs> not anymore. It used to be a buzz thing and not no more. I don't do that. I don't do things I don't want to do. I say no a lot. I've never really had a problem with that, but I say no a lot. And um, I just lean into what I want and um, and I feel good about that. Nice. nice. Well, and I love that you just basically answer our third lens question. Yeah, right? so totally. Sure. Really talked about your close people and how they support you yeah. and generous to you. That's awesome. Absolutely, and particularly my spouse. And I will say, um, you know, my. I think I hit the lotto. Oh, so <laughs> um, awesome. I will say that I really needed. Yeah. There was, we've been married for, we always forget the day we were married. <laughs> 2008, <laughs> 12 years, something like that. It's been a while. And so um, we have um, been through a lot um, in our time together. I'm married to someone who um, is transgender and transitioned. Um, when we were married for about six years, I think. Oh, wow. And I shared that with my community um, when that happened and had received a lot of support. And um, when you talk about generous mm-hmm. and generosity mm-hmm. and, and whatnot, the amount of love, I'm going to try to say this without crying. Oh, you can cry. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the level of generosity and love and support that I receive from her. I refer to her as my wife. Um, Our marriage is built on a foundation of mutual respect and love and trust. And we're just, we're best friends. And she pours a lot into our relationship. She pours a lot into me and she is more on the, giving side than receiving it's very hard for her to receive Uh, and um so we struggle sometimes (laughs) it's like let me do this for you um (laughs) no i'm doing it (laughs) exactly but she and i have weathered many storms that was the biggest storm biggest test to our marriage thus far and i think that and we've come through it we have i'm a i've come through it and and she has come through it. And it's not without its challenges. It's not as much now as it was in the beginning. But when I think of the one key person, there's two. There's her and then there's my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as Aubrey, my spouse's concern, um, pours a lot into me, into our family. There's nothing that she wouldn't do. Wow. And um, and so I'm, I'm very much supportive. I'm really, really lucky I feel uh to be 
and very very honored to be her life partner um and there's my mom who you know um geez let the tears flow um (laughs) she is my rock and um you know they're both my twin pillars really and you know she has sacrificed so much she is a domestic abuse survivor my father was abusive alcoholic and um she survived um many failed relationships but always put me and my brother first always and she sacrificed she went without many many years she majored in sociology in college and went as far as an associate's degree but felt it was more important that she be present for me mm-hmm. um in my formative years my brother and I are 15 years apart he's an old man I chose him as my old man brother no he's uh he and I are 15 years okay. apart and um he and he's an empty nester and um but she's always been there for both of us Uh, and in a way that um is very much um a high level of generosity and to her she as as long as her kids were cared for and we were able to accomplish our dreams that's all that mattered to her she wanted to be a good and so when I think of generosity even up until today, now that the roles have changed a little bit and I'm more of a caretaker to her um, as she's aging and she has some medical issues, um, there are certain things she continues to do now that I feel she doesn't have to do, but I know as a mom, I would do it for my kids. So, right. um, so I feel very blessed to have that strong female figure in my life. My grandmother was the same. She's oh, my guardian okay. angel, I feel. And um, she was my best friend. And so I just, I feel supported, not only for those who are currently in my life, um, but those who have gone on before me. I feel that on a very spiritual level that have poured into me in a lot of ways mm-hmm. that I will forever be indebted to, I feel. That's and pretty great. that takes us full circle to really why we started this and talking about scrapbooking and telling these stories is that you're telling this story to us, but in your scrapbooks mm-hmm. every day about how these relationships mm-hmm. are built, how they are maintained, how... Um, the love is expressed. Absolutely. Dang, girl. Family bonds. Absolutely. Beautiful. Family bonds, all yeah. that. Yeah. And I feel it's important to document. I get this question all the time, and we talk about it a lot in the scrapbooking world is do we want our scrapbooks to be filled with a bunch of happy stories, right? Christmas and Easter, and, you know, oh, look what little Johnny did, you know, he went pee on the body. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's a big moment. I do have that page sure. in my brothers and my daughter. <laughs> Absolutely. It was just a cute picture on the toilet reading her little book and not peeing in the potty at all. But, you know, we try. <laughs> not at all. Um, but I want, when I look back, I, I look at my scrapbooks all the time. I don't just make them and put them on the shelf. I look at them all the time because I love to reminisce and I love to read those really good, robust stories. It's mm-hmm. changed the way that I document. Um, I'm more focused now on the rich stories. If it's not something that I feel I can look back on 10, 15, 20 years from now um, and really feel good about what I've documented, I, it doesn't go in my scrapbook anymore. And um, I think that there are those projects that are just fun to make because you want to play with product and whatnot. But um, I've been very introspective the past few years. And so I want to be able to document those relationships. I want to be able to document, you know, my marriage and my relationship with Aubrey and really tell our story. Um, While we have a strong foundation and a strong relationship, we also had these storms that have happened. And I want to be able to document it. It took me a while, particularly with her transition, to really sit down and 
I wrestled with that for a very long time because I wasn't quite sure how I wanted to approach it. And one of my friends said, just tell it, Mm. just be real and just tell it and let it be cathartic to you. Let it be therapeutic as you are getting those feelings out and be honest with how you felt and what your experience was as her wife and her experience was just as in general, Mm -hmm. um, or my daughter. Um, and while there's many, many happy stories that I can record about her life, And I do, you know, I want to be able to document how, you know, this transition from, you know, I had this little kid and now she's getting into the tween years here pretty soon. We will pray for you. (laughs) And everything that that entails. (laughs) And, um, you know, I look up and I, you know, had this little preschooler. Now I've got this, you know, almost tween who's going through puberty and knows everything. And, you know, how are we adjusting? Um, or the struggles that I have as a caretaker to an aging parent, those feelings are super complicated, but I find that if I put it down, if I document it in a very rich way, and for me, that's scrapbooking words and photos that it helps me to process how I'm feeling far more than sitting down and writing in a journal or even sometimes talking to people. Um, cause sometimes I like, talking but I also like moments where I can just process without having to actually say something verbally and I think scrapbooking does that for me and at the end of it my goal is at you know at some point when you know I depart from this earth that I leave behind a rich story a journey of what my life was and what our life was as a family with stories that really document not just the happy times, but the struggles, the hardships, the sadness, all those things. Hmm. That is so beautiful. I just love it. I, um, I've been following you for a long time. And so I've, I've heard part of your story and I'm just, I Mm -hmm. am one that's super grateful to people who share their whole selves. Right. And, Mm -hmm. um, so thank you yeah. for sharing with us. Yeah. Thank you for having this conversation and responding to some sure. crazy lady from California today. <laughs> <laughs> contacting you on the internet. Um, Not crazy at all. You know, cause I'm just really encouraged by your story and your life and, and just that we're all, super, we're all important, right? All of our mm-hmm. stories. Absolutely. And all the parts of it, not just the shiny stuff and, mm-hmm. you know, the internet's full of shine and, I would say that um, that your your presence on the internet is beautiful because there's depth and mm-hmm. um, character, and it's it's so relevant to me. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Um. And so I warned you before we started recording that at the end of each of our episodes, we like to send our listeners off with a via con dios, which is <laughs> their sort of. Um, encouragement something they can go and do like an action item have you Mm -hmm. thought of anything that you would like to challenge or would you like me to (laughs) um, issue the marching orders Uh, you know I have as we're sitting here talking about it it's a practice I used to do a lot and I've gotten away from but this idea of documenting in some way whether it's daily weekly monthly or whatnot the things in which you um, feel that you have done something for someone Ooh, or someone has done something for you like that's that. been impactful. And so I used to, I've been, I've kind of had a, a love-hate relationship with journaling over the years. One, because I'm not consistent, but <laughs> the years that I was consistent, I would write in my journal. I'm very thankful that I received 
I don't know, maybe it was uh, a text message from my boss saying, hey, I really appreciate all the hard work that you did today. Or today I felt it necessary to send a card to a friend who's struggling through something. Um, But in some ways sort of documenting that and putting it down so that you have a record of not only what, what you're trying to receive graciously, but also what you're pouring in to others. So if you can document that in some way, or if that's just too much, (laughs) then figure out a way that you can maybe this week, next week, or maybe throughout the month that you can um, be a giver of something. And I know that's hard in this current pandemic, but maybe it is a donation to a nonprofit organization. Maybe it is calling up a friend um, to say, Hey, I'm thinking about you or sending a care package or, um, you know, whatever it is that you can think that is within your bandwidth to do and be generous in that way. But also remind you that if someone is generous to you over the next few weeks or so, then be gracious in that mm-hmm. and, and understand that you, that they're pouring that into you. You're not going to believe this, Victoria. You. I have to share this with you. I feel like I have to just take a moment. Sure. So I am turning 50 in a few days. And um, as mm-hmm. a birthday gift Yay. to myself, I decided I used to be a creative memories consultant back when that was a thing a million years ago. Mm-hmm. So I have bookshelves of yeah. empty albums that I never sold, right? And <laughs> Uh, and I've, I've kept a file on my phone when people send me nice texts or if it's an email or a card I'll take a picture of it and I put it on this file so I decided as a birthday mm-hmm. present for myself I printed the whole thing up and I put it in an album mm-hmm. and so now I have this album of all these nice things that people have said yes. to me over the last I don't know maybe I've been doing it for two years or whatever and as I was doing it, I was kind of feeling sure, like sure. maybe this is a little obnoxious <laughs> <laughs> then I was, no one else has to ever look at it but I have it and that's really no. what it's about celebrating those times people have been generous with me with absolutely. their words and with their love and so I love that you said that that's absolutely perfect. yes and it's perfectly okay to do that in whatever form for me when someone gives me a card I keep pretty much every card that I've ever been given <laughs> Um, right. unless it's for somebody yeah. who I don't like, then I toss it. But <laughs> let's just keep it real. It's like, look, we know we don't like each other, right? So I know you just, you know, whatever. Funny. Um, <laughs> but I, but I do keep every card, and I put them on a on a ring. Um, I punch well, a little a hole in, and I put them yeah, on a ring yeah. because I want to keep that yeah. card, and I like to look through it. You know, I, and I think it's okay that we, when we give to people, recognize that other people are giving to us. And I think that's okay to have a documentation in some way of that. And it reminds yep. us that we're loved Love and that it. we're cared for. Right. So, yay. Well, Victoria, thank you so much for yes. joining us. I, um, I encourage any of our listeners to, if they're interested in following your story a little bit more, to look you up on all the social mm-hmm. stuff, which Victoria Marie Designs, mm-hmm. is that correct? Victoria Marie Designs. Absolutely. The easiest way you can go to the Victoria Marie blog, if you just Google Victoria Marie, or you can go to uh, Victoria Marie blog. And of course, there's links to everything there on the blog. I'm Victoria Marie Scraps on Instagram. I'm Victoria Marie on YouTube. Um, And then of course, on Facebook, I'm Victoria Marie as well. Okay, well, we'll sign off to our listeners with um, thank you for joining us and bye con Dios. 
you guys, we really want to connect with you. Would you please reach out to us and tell us what you think? Tell us what you hear that you love. Tell us what you hear that you have questions about. Tell us what you hear that you hate. Whatever it is, we just want to hear from you. Yeah, you can tell us on all of our social media. Post a picture or something on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We are on Twitter, The Jackie and Stacy Show. And you can also go to our website. We have the show.com. I know it's shocking. Or JackieAndStacy.com. And Stacy's so good at always reminding you, my name ends with an I-E. Jackie yeah. with an I-E. And Stacy's with a E-Y. E-Y. That's how you can tell us apart. Just kidding. Or you could look at us. <laughs> Details. Uh, make sure you use our hashtag, too, the Jackie and Stacy Show. Use Via Con Dios. Or the topic. That's right. Absolutely. So email us, come to our website, go to social media. We want to connect with you. Absolutely. And we want to see what you're doing out there in the world. Vaya con Dios.